You're tuned into More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I think that Knoxville and Knox County is an absolute wonderful place to live and work. You know, we've got big town things to do. We've got as many restaurants per capita as anywhere in the U.S. We have miles of greenway and rivers to explore, all with a small town feel. And, you know, we've been an area of the country that really, really stresses freedom, economic growth, entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurialism, and all of those things. Uh, I'm excited this morning to have Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. He's currently serving his second term as Knox County Mayor. He's a small business owner and advocate for business and community growth. He's been a good friend of the show, and I'm excited to talk to him today. And we're going to get into some of the great things Knox County's doing, but also some of the major challenges. Because with all this growth, we've definitely got some housing and infrastructure challenges. So we'll just kind of dive into their new budget that's been proposed and all of those things. So good morning, Mayor Jacobs. Great to have you with us. Hey, good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, Mayor Jacobs, you're in your second term now. Um, you know, your first term... Who could have predicted some of the things you would encounter? Is it, has it been easier the second term? <laughs> well, it's only been about six months, so <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 has yeah the uh, the challenges like the pandemic, uh, not having to deal with those is a very good thing. Yes, so I would I would say it's been a little easier so far. <laughs> now the county budget is being discussed right now, and I want to yep. get into a few of those things. But with inflation and wages on the rise. What what are the challenges this year with balancing the budget? I know you've 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 proposed pay increases for a lot of employees. Uh, talk about the challenge of balancing this year's budget. Yeah, and we do have to have a balanced budget, Jim. Uh, unlike the federal government, which can just print money, which is really what causes inflation, we can't do that. Uh, so we have to exercise some fiscal stewardship and fiscal restraint. Inflation does impact us just like it does individuals and businesses uh, again we can't print money to keep up with it so you know we use diesel fuel and gasoline just like everybody else uh, the asphalt um, wages all those things stuff that we have to deal with uh, so uh, it, it, it has been a little challenging we're not going to raise taxes uh, it's hard enough for people to make ends meet when you see the price of everything going up uh, so we don't want to add to that at the same time we realize that People depend on services that government provides, so uh, we have to make that that balance. And as you said too, you know, our, we have to take care of our people, and we have to uh, make sure that 
we have folks working for the county that you know, are, are getting paid enough that they don't want to run off to someplace else. So those are all some of the challenges that we face. Yeah, so you have to attract good talent. And then that was the other thing you mentioned. you got to retain good talent. You know, with things costing 6 7% more, um, you know, I guess you've proposed some nice increases. I guess a 4% budget increase for educators. Um, you've proposed a, bud- a salary increase for our fire or excuse me, for Knox County Sheriffs. Can you walk us through a little bit of across the board with how we're handling personnel? Sure. Um, so when we were looking at the budget, we're very concerned uh, about a recession coming up. Um, the Baker, uh, excuse me, the Boyd Center at UT has predicted that the country will be in a recession overall, and maybe not terrible for this year, but about negative 1% growth or so. Now, Tennessee will do better than that is what they're predicting. We'll probably, we will probably grow about 1%, but and we usually grow 2 to 3%. So uh, we're concerned about what's going to happen with our sales tax revenue. Sales tax is one of the drivers with school budget now. And, again, it gets a little complex because the states change the school budgeting formula, as, as you know. Um, so that that's just something else that uh, for the first couple of years anyway, we'll see more money coming from the state, but still uh, we are concerned about sales tax and what that does to our budget. Uh, but, and, and also rising interest rates. Uh, you know, we still have projects that, that we'll use debt to accomplish just like when people have to have a big purchase in their personal life, like a home. Well, that's what the County does too. If we had to save the money up to do certain things, we'd just never be able to get it done. Um, so, but there's a difference between good, debt and bad debt and uh you know so we try to stay on the good debt side but nevertheless it's something that we have to do uh so we do get hurt by rising interest rates there but what's benefited us is we also have um investments and bonds and overnight deposits and those sort of things and the higher interest rates has actually helped us there so we'll look like we'll be able to to give our employees uh, a raise um, we'd like to give them more, obviously, but that's something that we've concentrated on over the past several years is is ensuring that um, every year we keep up with what's going on and, and hopefully then some. Um, and this year we're actually going to be able to do that through the rising interest rates with the investments that we have. Now, the, the biggest item, of course, uh, in the county budget is education. Uh, about yes. two-thirds of the budget goes to education. The Board of Education proposed a budget of, I think, over five, almost $600 million. It's almost a $50 million increase from last year, so just over 9%. Right. And you've been uh, clear that you recommend that the commission fund its entirety. Yes. And as I said, uh, a lot of that increase is due to the new state funding formula. Uh, so uh, that's you know that that's really something that um, is set set by the state, not so much by us. Um, and then also statutorily, uh, we are required to give the schools a certain amount of sales tax and those sort of things. Um, so uh, yeah, schools are uh, Knox County schools anyway because of the new funding formula. Uh, they're uh, they've got a pretty big increase this year. Now, the, the Knox County Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Spangler has asked for pay raise for his deputies. What's going on with that? Can we do all that without tax increases? Well, we're talking with the sheriff. We believe that we have a, a way to get uh, about an 8% um, 
salary increase uh, to captains and below in the sheriff's office. It would require the sheriff giving up some open positions that he hasn't been able to fill. Uh, but, you know, certainly we would like to do whatever we can. Um, our law enforcement people here in Knox County, you know, they, they work really hard and we really appreciate them. Uh, so we want to do everything that we can to make sure that they're competitively paid and rewarded for their efforts. Let's talk a little bit, um, Mayor Jacobs, about gun violence. It's certainly a hot topic right now. It seems like several times a year it becomes something just horrible happens, especially with the recent shootings in Nashville. And you're, of course, a big supporter of the Second Amendment. How can we balance the right to bear arms with reducing gun violence and the fear that many have in sending their kids to school or, or going home without infringing on their rights? Sure. And then that's a great question. And it is one that we struggle with. I think, you know, there are some underlying issues uh, with things like mental health, and that's impacting many, many other areas. Um, And some of the proposals that are always thrown out by gun control advocates, they don't really address, um, you know, like the shooting in uh, Nashville, very tragic, uh, but the proposals that have been thrown out there don't address that. Um, and ultimately, we have to look at why are people doing these things, uh, and and that's changed. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I did grow up in rural Missouri, but during deer season, everybody had a gun in their truck because they went they either coming from deer hunting or going to deer hunting, and you never saw stuff like this happen. Um, so really, it is an issue. It is an issue of the heart, uh, and one that you know saying, oh, if we just limit access to guns, it's going to solve it. It won't solve it. People will figure out other ways to hurt other people, which is horrible, but it's the world that we live in. Um, but I do think there's some things, um, you know, the uh, when we're looking at mental health, um, we have things in the state called Baker Laws, which is the emergency involuntary confinement, um, you know, and I think the legislature is looking at ways to improve that. Um, the problem with things like red flag laws is the due process. No one has an issue uh, if someone is a danger to themselves or to others of saying, hey, you can't have a gun. The issue is how does that process work? And, uh, and I would much rather see something that incorporated due process and someone having a hearing and being able to defend themselves, which is what we do with everything else, as opposed to say the government just arbitrarily defines or, or decides, oh, you can't have a gun, uh, which is a very, the, the end of that path is a very dangerous place for us to be. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mayor Jacobs. I think that the media simplifies things down to such a level that, you know, it's easy to say we don't want people that are a danger to themselves and others to be able to buy a gun. But you still right. have to follow the laws and, and the systems and the yep. freedoms that we have in place in order to yeah. get there, right? Yeah. And in this great country, we have a thing called the Constitution. And however imperfect it might be, we still have to follow it. And when there are issues that the Constitution doesn't address or things change, we have the ability to amend the Constitution. But that's what we have to do as opposed to a legislative act. We're visiting this morning with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. And when we come back, Mayor Jacobs mentioned mental health. I want to talk to him a little bit about the ideas that he's working with Mike Hammond on about a new mental health court. And we'll dive into some of the challenges of the growth that Knox County is seeing. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're excited to have Mayor Glenn Jacobs with us. I do want to let you know that uh, I'm excited because Monday I'll be filling in for Bob Yarbrough. Monday morning from 10 to 12, we're going to have an, a power-packed two hours. We're going to talk about the arts in Knoxville. We've got Aaron Demergen, the, the maestro of the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra, coming on. We're also going to talk about heart health, and we'll talk about what is and is truth about the impact of COVID and vaccines on heart health. We'll have Dr. Jeff Johnson. We're going to talk about Social Security benefits and Medicare, and we're also going to talk about the history of our income tax system. We got tax day coming up this Tuesday, so we'll talk about the history of our income tax system and what that may mean for why we need to understand that and how what it may mean for us in the future and what we can do. As I said, we're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and uh, Mayor, I just mentioned there you're you're working on some ideas with criminal court clerk Mike Hammond about a new mental health court. Tell us about this proposed court and how it would function. Yeah, we're really excited about this. We already have a recovery court, a, a drug court here in Knox County, uh, in which people who have committed offenses um, and are addicted to uh, drugs and have a low-level offense, obviously, uh, can go through a program which is supervised by a judge, and uh, it's a diversion away from putting them in jail. They're still essentially on uh probation, I guess, um, but uh, they have to go to a judge and ensure that they're doing everything that they're supposed to do, and uh, it's a great program. We've seen a lot of success, and this is the same kind of concept except dealing with mental health. This is people that have uh, qualifying mental health issues, mental illness, uh, and they end up in the criminal justice system. They commit some um, you know, low-level misdemeanor, nonviolent crime, uh, and they're deemed that they can go through this program, and uh, a judge supervises as um, they do the things necessary to, to get through the program, which includes things like counseling in some cases, ensuring they take their meds and all those sort of things. So we're really excited about it. Um, you know, before the pandemic, uh, we were looking at a lot of overcrowding in our jails because of some of the things we had to do during the pandemic. That's lightened up. Uh, but still, this is the right thing to do, not only because of overcrowding in the jails, but also in the gym. Our jail, our detention facility, is probably the largest mental health facility in East Tennessee. Uh, and that's not doing the people that are suffering from these issues any any favors. It's not doing the people who work at the jail any favors. So the more that we can keep those people in a program that benefits them, benefits all of us, uh, hopefully they don't reoffend and we see fewer victims and less crime, which is something that we'd all really like to see. Yeah, I mean, I really like the, the emphasis on breaking something out like that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, let's talk about growth in Knox County. Knoxville grew, Knox County grew about almost 2% in 2022. You mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, the housing demand and the population growth is continuing. Mayor, what are some of the challenges we face with all this growth? 
<laughs> I love that you use the term challenge instead of problems. That's something that I really try to emphasize. Um, oh, they're challenges, start, right? I mean, what, we don't want to not be growing. Yeah. You're either growing or no, you're shrinking. We, we don't want to be decaying, yeah. right? And, and I think that we all need to understand what you said at the start of the program. We're a great area to live. And that's why we're seeing this growth uh, with our low taxes, with our great climate, with where we're at geographically in the country, our quality of life, uh, all of those things. We're a place that people want to come and live in. And that is it means we're doing some stuff right. And uh, we, I think we sometimes take that for granted. But it does. Yeah, there are challenges because we want to maintain uh, that small town charm that we've always had. I mean, that's part of what makes us great, too. And you know, one of the things I'm really concerned about is that cost of living. For the first time ever, the median house in Knox County has sold for more than the national average, uh, which impacts, again, how much what's, what the uh, cost of living here and the quality of life, um, as well as things like congestion um, in both on the roads, in the schools, and all those sort of things. Uh, so, yeah, those are issues that we do have to deal with. Right now, we're still working working on our Advanced Knox initiative. Hopefully we'll be wrapping that up later this summer. Uh, that's updating all our land use plans uh, and also incorporating the master transportation plan, which the county has never had before. What's great about it is everybody's been at the table, everybody from our utilities to schools, uh, some private businesses, the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and you know, the, the idea is to structure our land use policies in a way that we can accommodate people moving here while at the same time conserving our green spaces and at the same time uh, ensuring that infrastructure costs are as low as we can keep them. Um, you know, we don't want to be building roads just for the sake of building roads. With you know, We, we, we want to ensure that what's happening is people are, are building along the infrastructure that can handle it. And that also includes, obviously, water and sewer. Um, so th there are challenges. And these are long-term things, too. You know, we think about stuff like the orange route. Uh, that, how great would it have been if the orange route had happened and now we don't see all this congestion on 640? Um, we're a little stuck with I-40 and I-75. Um, it's just a bad design. Uh, we have two very busy interstates together for 16 miles. It's one of the busiest stretches in the road in the country. Uh, the way station at Campbell Station Road is actually the busiest way station in the country. Uh, I was really happy with the governor's transportation bill. Uh, the choice lanes, uh, which are uh, toll roads by choice. Okay, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to get on this lane, uh, hopefully it goes faster and a little less congestion. Um, I think that's one way that the state can really ease some of the congestion on 40, as well as uh, the state is putting a lot of money uh, into the three grand divisions and giving us some money for some of the projects, uh, one-time money, some of the projects that we're looking at. Um, so again, it's one of those things where uh, it's it's stay ahead because the growth happens and it's market driven and we can't always predict how much and where. Um, so we're always kind of reacting a little bit, but we're trying to become more proactive by doing some better planning. You know, you said, let's talk about that housing issue. I've got some pretty alarming numbers. In 2016, the price per square foot for a home in Knox County was $104 per square foot. Six years later, it had ballooned to $176 per foot. 
And then the report that, that I believe it's Advanced Knox that's working on this, but as of 2020, home prices gr have grown at two point, over two times the rate of wages in Knox County. And it said that around 70% of households in Knoxville could not afford the median price yeah. of a new home. And so they're considered cost burdened. Um, is, is the answer, I mean, I do see a lot of multifamily being built in this area, especially I live just over the bridge in Blunt County, and there's there's a lot of uh, multifamily going up there to support the initiatives in Blunt County. Uh, but talk about is, is some of this a zoning issue, and there need to be kind of yeah. a new look at all of that stuff? Yes, sir. It, ultimately, it's a just like everything else. It's a supply and demand issue, and we have a lot of demand with people moving here, and our supply is with less has been depleted. Uh, there just aren't that many units. So I, I think it's multi-pronged. Um, you know, it, it is, it, the thing that government can do is the zoning. And we have some archaic zoning regulations that um, have contributed to the problem. And that's, again, that's what Advanced Knox is designed to do uh, is to overcome that. Um, we don't have the mix of say apartments and single family units out in the county uh, that we would like to see. We're very, very heavy on single family. Um, at the same time, when you do higher density, you have to have the infrastructure to support it. Uh, so, you know, that's again where Advanced Knox comes in and looking at, okay, where, where can we do this um, that that makes sense. Um, and that also helps conserve land, frankly, because if we can have more of a town center model where, you know, people are living uh, in, in those sort of neighborhoods, as opposed to the single family units that we see everywhere in a place like Hardin Valley with no commercial, which is something that that's another issue. Um, you know, you'd rather uh, see that. Uh, one of the things I think too, that folks aren't, that's kind of below the radar, a lot of the people that are coming here are older. They're retirees, uh, 55 and over. I'm 55 myself, so great people. Uh, but they're coming here because they're on fixed incomes, and they can get a lot more bang for their buck here than they can in some of the other places where the cost of living is very high. And what's happening is they're bidding up the cost of housing. Meanwhile, young people who are just starting off can't afford to live here anymore because they can't afford to buy a house and also our, our rents are very high and the occupancy uh, in apartments is very high. And that's not a good thing either because the younger folks are the ones that bring the economic vibrancy that uh, are going to start careers and good jobs and all that sort of stuff. And if they're not here, uh, that's going to cause us some issues in the future. So that that's one of the things to consider. And then also we just need to get our medium wage rate up. Uh, you know, the, one of the issues is this is all this is all a national problem, right? We talked about inflation before, and that's what's driving part of it too. Um, and the way that you keep up with that is by growing your wage rate. Yeah, the uh, on the uh, we'll pivot into that too. Uh, but the, the the advanced Knox report, you talk about the aging, found that by 2040, 20 percent, a fifth of county residents is expected to be over 65 years old. You've got this younger college-age population that come, is attracted to here by the University of Tennessee. Um, so what I'm kind of hearing from you, Mayor, is it's kind of a double-pronged thing. One is you're attracting people that want to retire here, and that is leading to the aging of our population. They're moving in from other areas, and then the housing's becoming an issue for the younger folks starting out in their careers to yep. be able to stay. Yeah. 
because the older folks have the equity in their homes that they can uh, afford to pay more for a starter home. Well, not even a starter home. They can afford to pay more for a unit than the younger person starting out can. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. When we come back, we're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about reading. We're going to talk about their new initiative on their START program, which is for skilled trade. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about, I do, do want to get just a little, not a lot, but a little bit into the national issues that we see and get Mayor Jacobs' thoughts on some of those things. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. We're with you every Saturday here on WOKI from 9 to 10 a.m. and again 3 to 4 p.m. You can also podcast all our shows on either Spotify or Apple Podcast. Just type in More Living. Uh, and you can also check us out online, BroganFinancial.com. Now, the University of Tennessee Center for Lifelong Learning is having their next class. So it's retirement income planning that I teach. It's a two, it's a one night class for two hours, all about income planning for retirement, which I think is the most overlooked and important area of the retirement plan is how you structure your income, how you structure investments for income, your social security election, all of those things, the tax issues that come with income. It's Tuesday, May 2nd from 6.30 to 8.30 at the Downtown Conference Center. You can get in more information at IncomePlanForRetirement.com. Again, IncomePlanForRetirement.com. Today we have the privilege of visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs and the many great things that are going on in Knoxville. Um, and Mayor, Reed City USA has been a platform for both of your ter terms and it aims to help children reach grade level reading by the third grade. And you just launched an extension of that program, One Book Read City. Tell our listeners about that program and the book elementary students will be receiving. <laughs> yeah, last year we did the Chocolate Touch, uh, which it basically was the, the story of King Midas, but with chocolate. And every school student in Knox County Schools uh, received one of those books. So uh, I believe it was about 30,000 books that uh, sponsors uh, helped get in the hands of students. And uh, it, it was great. The students read the book at the same time, so they're all pun intended, on the same page uh, when it comes to literacy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was a great program, and uh, we had celebrity readers who uh, would either uh, do videos or go to the class and, and read a chapter. Um, and the whole idea behind Read City USA is to get people excited about reading. Reading's fun. It's entertaining. And to just uh, get people uh, reading with their families and, uh, as a community, really inspire a culture of reading. The reason that third-grade literacy rate is so important is it is an accurate metric of high school graduation rates. And if you're not reading 
by grade level at third grade, which means you can not only read the words, but comprehend uh, what those words say, you have an exponentially lower chance of graduating from high school on time than people who are. And obviously, high school graduation is a very accurate metric of success in life. Uh, so as, as wild as that sounds, if we can get our kids reading better at third grade, they're going to have a much better chance uh, throughout life. And especially, Jim, you know, you know this, when you look at the global economy and how it's evolving and the skills that the workforce needs, you know, that high school graduation as well as some post-secondary training is going to be absolutely vital moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been so passionate about that since you started the Reed City platform in your first term. It's just been, it's a great thing uh, to be working on and growing. Uh, when we talk about, you said some sort of post-secondary training. You know, another great new initiative is the Skilled Trades Academy and Regional Training Center, START. What are some of the details yes, of the START programs? Yes, sir. So the START program uh, is, or the, the START Center uh, is on uh, Central Avenue, and uh, it's at the, basically the basement of the John H. Daniel building. Uh, and we're working with ABC, the Associate Builders and Contractors, and we own, uh, we're leasing the building to them, and then they administer the program. Uh, it's an apprenticeship program for people that are actually already in the trades. However, we're also working with the Tennessee College of Applied Technology as well as Knox County Schools on some additional programming. We'd really like to get this into schools, give kids that don't have CTE classes at their schools the opportunity to, to go here and to learn from people in the trades and see if that's a viable occupation and career path moving forward for them. For every four tradespeople that leave the workforce nowadays. There's only one person there that can take their place. So there's massive opportunity in the trades, uh, both for young people, but also people that might want to switch careers. Uh, but also, you know, we're talking about the cost of housing. Well, part of the reason the cost of housing is so much is because we don't have enough skilled workers building those homes, um, which is great for them uh, because they're, they're, paid at a premium, but not so great for the rest of us and the consumers because we're absorbing those costs. Uh, so it's, it's a win-win for everybody, both for the individuals and for the community. Yeah, skilled trade is such an incredible opportunity for young folks that want to pursue that. It's great to see a center here in Knoxville that really focuses on that. Um, I, I want to talk briefly, Mayor Jacobs, about the uniqueness of, of East Tennessee, and then kind of pivot a little bit into our national challenges. You know, the University of North Carolina's Keenan Institute of Private Enterprise released its 2023 projected GDP growth for the top 100 mid-sized cities in the U.S., and Knoxville ranked number 40 on the top 100 as fastest growing economies for mid-sized cities. And you mentioned many are predicting at least maybe by the end of the year, a mild recession uh, nationally or into the next year, but maybe not in Knoxville. Um, what's different in Knox County uh, and in East Tennessee in terms of the economic volatility or lack thereof as compared to other regions of the country? Well, I think one thing that's kind of immediate is uh, Tennessee did a much better job throughout the pandemic of keeping businesses open. And uh, I, that, that, that's something that 
we have kind of forgotten about uh, that uh, a lot of states put their businesses behind the eight ball uh, by making them shut down. And you know, he had other businesses that took market share, frankly. Uh, so I think that's one thing that also you look at the, our state with no state income tax. We take that for granted here. That is a huge deal. I mean, if, if you're in California, you're paying 14% uh, income tax to the state on anything over a hundred thousand dollars and a hundred thousand dollars darn near poverty rate in California. California uh, so yeah. 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 So you're paying an additional 14% to the state of California. You come to Tennessee, you immediately get a 14% raise, uh, as well as our lower cost of living here. Oh, We're also right to work in half. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're also right to work state. Um, so we're, we're business friendly in, in that regard, as well as uh, just a very light on our regulations. Um, so that helps us as well. Uh, here in Knox County, with uh, the proximity of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, uh, UT being here, University of Tennessee flagship, uh, University for the state, as well as TVA headquartered here, that gives us an innovative innovation package that's really impressive. Um, some of our folks uh, just went over to Rob to the research triangle to see how they did what they did there. Um, and now that's been a long-term process, and it's probably been seven years that they've been working uh, on on building that up. They ain't got what we have here in East Tennessee. They just don't. Uh, and I think that's the next step for us. The Chamber talks about really the transformation of our economy, um, and that's where we need to go is being able to compete better in – the innovation economy. That's what it's all about. And we're we're primed to do that. Manufacturing, we have some issues just because we don't have a whole lot of you know, wide, wide swaths of flat land that don't have anything on them in Knox County anymore. Um, but we do have the institutions uh, in the innovation sector that can help us uh, as well as, you know, Again, just being a great place to live. I mean, if I'm if I'm someone and I want to look at a place where I can go hiking, I can go kayaking, I can go biking, I can do all of those things. I have a hip area to go to, but we're also a laid back community. I just describe Knox County. It is great. And I'll piggyback. I want to mention one other thing that I see in my field, you know, with all the retirees moving to the area is the state of Tennessee is one of the friendliest in the country in terms of estate planning techniques, in terms of how yep. you can structure things to efficiently go to your family. Um, we're really leading the way. You know, we repealed the, the state-level inheritance tax in Tennessee, and we just we, we have so many solutions. Our probate proceeding is not nearly as complicated and as challenging as many other states, including our neighbors in North Carolina. So, um, you know, North Carolina has some challenges. So just right next door. So we just we we have a very friendly state in terms of regulation and opportunity. Well, we also have a very friendly state in terms of people. And everybody says we have the best people. But I believe here in Tennessee, we really do have the best people. And we're known for that around the country. And that does make a difference. You know, folks want to go someplace where they feel that they're at home and people are nice. And that's what we are here in Tennessee. Now, Mayor Jacobs, you've been on the record as saying that uh, Congress in Washington with few exception, have have had short-sighted policies that have enjoyed broad bipartisan support. You've talked some about the challenge of local government because you're so much on the front lines. 
um, as opposed to state and, and even federal government. You mentioned also the book Economics in One Lesson, where Henry Hazlitt, you know, mentioned that bad economic policy looks looks only at the short term intended consequences, and good economic policy also contemplates the long-term unintended destructive consequences. Can you elaborate just a little bit about some of the things you've seen at the national level that maybe not considering those long-term implications and, and where that can get us? Well, I think the number one thing is spending, and it, there's just way, way, way too much uh, coming out of Washington, D.C., uh, and that's become a national security threat. Um, you know, the, the way that Congress is able to do all that spending uh, is the Federal Reserve literally prints money, uh, creates money out of nothing. Um, but what that does is that diminishes the value of the money already exists, already in existence. And that's what price inflation is. OK, it's the, the comparison of the dollar versus whatever good you're buying. And why I say is that in, it, that's impacting national security is if we look across the globe, and we look at what China is doing, we look at what Russia is doing, we look at what just happened in Saudi Arabia with China negotiating a peace treaty between Saudi and Iran. Um, that's something that America used to do. And now with, with the dollar, um, it's not the dollar is not in trouble yet as the world's reserve currency, which means that's what basically everybody trades in. But there is a lot of pressure. And, and some of that pressure is deliberate, and it's being put on by the Chinese and by the Russians. Um, you know, oil is priced in dollars when it's sold out of Saudi Arabia, and, and th that was basically an agreement between the Nixon administration and the Saudis. If Nixon would provide military uh, backing for the Saudis, they would price oil and dollars, which creates demand for dollars. And so a lot of these dollars that are printed don't stay in the U.S. They go to foreign countries and are held in reserve. Um, that gives us the ability to do some of the stuff that we've done. And it's also given us the biggest stick in the world when it comes to um, you know, geopolitical affairs. So that's all being threatened now because because of the spending. Um, and, you know, of course, most people don't make that correlation, uh, but it's true. So I, th I think one of the biggest issues that we face, Jim, we have a $31 trillion national debt. Okay, the first six months of this fiscal year, they spent $380 billion on debt service, 32% more than last year. Um, we know about debt service because we have to deal with it here in Knox County. Uh, and it's a significant number, okay? When you're looking at that, at some point, that overwhelms the budget, and all you're doing is paying on debt. That, you know, as a financial advisor, you know where that leads you. Um, and it's going to lead the country to the same place that it would an individual household. Yeah, and actually, you know, uh, just recently, we, our, our debt service as a percentage of our federal spending has been about at, humming around at about 11%. It's projected this year to end this year with debt service up around 15%. And when it gets up around 15%, that's when the market starts putting pressures on yep. the economic environment to do something about it because that debt service just becomes problematic. And I think your comment on Federal Reserve policy, I mean, there are certainly a lot of things. It's very complicated that have contributed to the economic environment we have. But this inflationary environment and economic outlook, has, the number one impact has been the incredibly uh, easy money policy of the Federal Reserve coming out of the Great Recession that really never stopped until really about right. a year ago. Uh, so it's pretty yep. remarkable. And 
And then, of course, with COVID, uh, you, know, you had those spikes with the, the trillion dollar stimulus packages. Um, so, as you said, you know, we were kind of following um, a, uh, a policy of quantitative easing. They may not have formally called it that, but that's what it was. And then, bam, you hit COVID and it just spiked a couple times. And now now the at some point the uh, the bill becomes due and that's going to be problematic for us. Well, Mayor Jacobs, you've always been so uh, so um You've always been so willing to take time out of your busy schedule to be with us and be a friend of the program. It's always great to hear an update of the great things going on at Knox County. Thank you for all that you do, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us this morning. Well, thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure to come on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Always great to talk with him and about many of the great things and also challenges that are that are that we we have right here in Knox County, but they're challenges to continue to make our community even greater. Now, when we come back, I'm going to have my dollars and cents segment tax planning for 2023 and moving forward as we get closer to tax day on Tuesday. So stay with us. This is more living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in. It's always great to visit with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, as uh, he's always very willing to take time out of his busy schedule. Um, we're going to kind of pivot. Tuesday is tax day. It is time for dollars and cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now... Here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents Tip. Income taxes, for many of us, is the number one expense we have over our lifetimes. Uh, it's even, we, we pay more in income taxes over our lifetimes than we typically do even for our housing. And at least a lot of us do. And reducing income taxes, you know, the, the, there was an old judge, learned hand, that said we don't even have a patriotic duty to pay one more penny to the U.S. Treasury than we're required to. And I think in the next 10 years, uh, reducing income taxes, we've got some real opportunity right now. If you look at where we are as a country, uh, our income tax rates compared to our history going back to 1914 when the income tax as we know it now was implemented, our income tax rates today are reasonably low compared to our history. However, we have had two major government stimulus issues in the last 16, 17 years with the Great Recession of 2007 and the financial collapse of 2008, and then of course the pandemic of 2020. We've had tremendous government intervention, which was necessary in a lot of ways, 
but the problem is we haven't had anything change to our tax system. We are going to have a tax rate increase in, at the end of 2025 as the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires. Uh, and then the question is, what will our tax environment look like 10 years from now? We don't know for sure. Uh, I think it's highly likely our tax system is going to look somewhat different and tax, tax brackets will be higher pretty much across the board. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but we know taxes are going up in 2026. Uh, also, as you approach either 73 or 75, and that's the age at which you have to start taking those required distributions from your retirement accounts, uh, you've got a sweet spot between retirement age and age 73 where you can really do some very, very effective tax planning. I've got a 2023 tax planning guide. If you go to my website at broganfinancial.com and click on resources, you can scroll down. You'll see it there. 2023 edition of my tax planning guide. Again, go to broganfinancial.com, click on resources and scroll down. It's great being with you this week. Uh, Monday, I'll be filling in for Bob Yarbrough. I'm excited about that. We're going to talk about heart health. We're going to talk about the arts in Knoxville. I am going to talk about the history of income taxes in the United States. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you, Riley, for engineering the show. Thank you to Jill for helping produce the show. We've discussed our community because a greater community provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you for tuning in. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.